Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Welcome to WC Podcast. I'm your host, Shawanda Nance, and with me today is Youth Advocate Program. Um, joining is John Kirk Kirkley and Yosha Smith. They've been a longstanding uh, WIOA Title I service provider, um, primarily serving just as involved youth. Um, so we're, we're, we're happy that they're joining us, um, and I feel like we're going to have a great conversation. So welcome, John. Welcome to Yosha. Thank How you. are you doing? Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm honored. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So we're just going to jump right on in and um, just tell us a little bit about the Youth Advocate Program, um, known as YAP. Um, what is some of the work that you're doing um, agency-wide and then also um, specifically surrounding justice-involved youth? Well, outstanding. I'll take this one. Um, we have the opportunity to work within our community and be like a, a new style that happens to be boots on the floor. You know, we're out there in the neighborhoods with kids that look just like us. So it feels different. Most of us are from those type of neighborhoods. And when they're impacted, when you have the opportunity to have a conversation with them that they can relate to and make them feel that we're transparent and we really care about their well-being, it's a great opportunity to change their lives. We, you know, we use Spring Mountain Youth Camp and we're their reentry program. But the biggest part is we're allowed to go there two or three times once or twice a week to engage them in conversation and gain their trust before they're released back into the community. And that's where the work really starts is up there, making those relationships, making sure that they understand that we're here for them and that change is inevitable. You know, all you have to do is change your mindset. Once you have a growth mindset and you're moving in the proper way and you have that support from a stranger, someone they really don't know yet, but you build that rapport and that trust and then you give them a plan and they execute the plan. Do we get them all 100% of the time? No, but I'll take 98.6% of the time, and that's what we do in WIOA. But uh, company-wide, it's amazing. If you ever go to our website and just read it for a moment and understand that our our executive team and the, the tools that they've put together to help us succeed in our neighborhoods and change the lives of the children and the family, wraparound services is the best thing I've ever heard. Because when you take everything, you're just not helping the client, you're helping the family. And when you change the mindset of the family and get them in the right direction and they know you're there for them, it's incredible. That's amazing. Um, so how long have you been with the Youth Advocate Program um, and what's your current role? Um, so I've been with the Youth Advocate Program for four years. I did three years in advocacy. Ah, the greatest place to start because it's that one-on-one or group. I treat them like they're part of my fraternity. And I make them come to a brotherhood and work together. It's like now you're not telling on somebody. You're just making sure they're safe. You know, Maslow's hierarchy says there's certain things that we need to improve our lives and those resources. And I love the point that we're allowed to give those resources here at YAP and make them change their lives and things like that. That's amazing. Um, Oftentimes, you know, in our world is really about workforce development and the job and the career. Um, But it's hard to really focus on that when, you know, the basic needs aren't being met. Um, So being able to provide those wraparound services are critical. Um, You know, before we can address employment, you know, do they have housing? Do they have food? Do they have, you know, are their families okay? Um, So having that approach is really, really beneficial um, to the to to our youth today. 
Um, so as you know, the world shut down. Um, we all experienced COVID. We all had to reroute um, everything that we did. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, how you adapted to that and some of the digital services that you provided um, to the youth? Yeah, I can take that one. Um, during that time, of course, we all experienced some hardships, um, not being able to be face to face with a lot of people. Um, one thing that YAP did a little different, we actually did not fully close down. Um, we, of course, followed the state mandates and everything that was going on. However, we continued to service the youth. We continue to pr provide those face-to-face -face interactions, like on a more safe basis, of course, um, behind the glass, or they would come to the office, or um, we did uh, have to revert to some teleconference as well, such as Zoom or the platform such as that as well. Um, and, of course, some of the county entities that we service, such as Spring Mountain Youth Camp, the detention centers, they wouldn't allow us in. So at that point, we did have to go into the Zoom platforms. However, those youth that were released into the community already, we were still able to safely provide them services um, in person at times, um, still service them with going to the work sites. Uh, we partner with a couple of different places around the community, Martin Harris Construction being one of them. We continue to service those youth in that as well. Um, however, we did have to be safe. We did have a lot of shutdowns to where, you know, if someone tested positive or was exposed, we have to kind of close things down, wait until negative tests were presented and then pick back up. So we would we had that method of sometimes in the office, sometimes we had to go back to back home and work. Um, however, we did not let COVID fully stop everything that we were doing because we know how difficult it is for our youth during that time. Um, them not having any social interactions um, and all of us really not knowing what's going on in the world. So um, we were able to still conduct business. Uh, DocuSign was probably our best friend around that time. Um, being able to send documents and paperwork and everything uh, through DocuSign. And then also, like I said, the Zoom platforms, also FaceTiming our youth and anything that any way that we could service them as well. Um, amazing. So being able to adapt, adapt companies had to adapt. Um, but how did the youth adapt? What was the temperature? How how did they um, adapt to being shut down? Not well, especially our youth up at Spring Mountain Youth Camp and the detention centers. They were so used to being able to come down to go uh, home on the weekends at times when they got on their achievement. Um, they were able to go to a halfway house and then go home, um, visit their families. Um, and at that time, they could no longer do that. Um, also up at Spring Mountain Youth Camp, uh, their Internet service was is a little shaky, so it was hard to actually do certain methods of teleconference and like even see their family um on a screen. So uh, that really did affect them. Um, and at some point in time, they were affected even more because there were some um, fires that occurred up at Spring Mountain Youth Camp in that area. So they had to transport back down to detention and they were on lockdown even further, such as being in their cells for almost 24 hours a day, um, not having too much interaction, people constantly testing positive for COVID. So everyone having to go on lockdown. So during those times, it was very difficult for them. Um, when we could get them on the phone, when we were able to uh, talk to them and communicate, they would always stress like, I just want to, you know, go home. I want to be out. When can I see you guys? Um, when can I see my family? Um, so it was, it was difficult for them as it was for everyone. Thank you for that. So what were what are some of the strategies you guys you guys have held on to um, post COVID? Is there anything um, that you learned during that during that period of time um, that you're adapting into your current and future programming? Um, the biggest thing is that DocuSign. I would say yeah. DocuSign <laughs> more than anything, um, but that's just a help overall. Um, outside of that, we 
we don't prefer that teleconference method or the right. the platforms like that. It's so impersonal. Um, and the youth really, um, especially this population that we're dealing with, they really do um, grasp on or hold on to like, well, when are you coming up next time? When's the next time that we're going to see you guys? Um, can you guys pull me next time you come up here? Can I talk to you privately? Can you know I'm going through some things? So um, that's not something we fully held on to. But we know that in the event that things shut down again, we do have to use that method. Mm -hmm. And we've had to do that off and on for years now since COVID happened. Um, every time there's a spike, they may shut it down to where we can't go up. Um, but outside of that, more so the DocuSign methods, um, but we do really try to have that personal like one-on-one -on -one or uh, a, a facilitator in a group session with the kids in detention in Spring Mountain Youth Camp and any atmosphere that we have. Uh, come to our office, we'll go to your home, wherever we need to service you. And I can imagine um, specifically for our justice involved youth, you guys actually go up to the facility and it's a correctional like facility. So being able to interact face to face with our youth, I'm sure is really important. So teleconference and, you yeah. know, they don't they don't want to deal with teleconference. No. They want to be able to talk to people mm -hmm. um, and have that inter interaction. So I can definitely see how, you know, you guys reverted back to that um, in terms of DigiSign. I think it was just a blessing across the board for yes. all of our youth <laughs> providers and ADW um, just because it's kind of forcing us to become more digital um, yeah. and be more flexible with our with our programming and our services and even how we do orientation and enrollment. So um, I think that was the biggest blessing for a lot of us um, in Title I. So, um, so over the last several years, there's been a lot of talk about justice reform and how we deal with reentry um, at a national level, at a, at a state level, a local level. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen around the justice system um, and the challenges our youth are facing um, that are justice involved? Well, the biggest thing I think is, you know, there's other things we can do than incarcerating the children. Um, the programs that we have, it's just amazing how much trust they put in us and how much they learn. I'm fortunate enough that I teach a lot of the workshops and the relationships you build and the respect you build for each other. Just like anywhere, if I respect you and meet you where you're at, you're going to respect me and understand where I'm at. And the, with the youth we deal with, it's just incredible how they become clingy because they've never been around someone with maybe that education level, but still keeps it normal where they understand and I'll be honest, they all call me Uncle Kurt, you know, because you have that kind of relationship with you. And then you can pull them aside and say, well, you look a little different today. What's on your mind? And they'll open up to you. And that's the key. And that's what YAP allows us to do. They give us some great training to peel back that onion and teach life skills as well as work readiness skills for the workforce to get them ready to go out here. And some of the things, you know, you think about is why aren't we putting more money into the children and criminal justice to get them out of that? Because they are our future. And if we start developing them as their children, we can rise them to be anything they want to be. Like Frederick Douglass said, not the exact quote, but he said, it's easier to teach young children than repair broken men. And it makes so much sense. I really live for that. And so we start right here, 14, 15, 16 years old, because like, Maslow says, if something's wrong at home, who's going to pick up the stick and help out? And that's what YAP does. And that's why I work here. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I love that quote, by the way. Um, and I and I do. I think that's the biggest part. Um, 
with the justice reform is how do we prevent? Um, there's a lot of environmental issues, a lot of factors that play into why our youth do what they do. Um, instead of incarcerating, let's deal with the environment. Let's deal with some of the challenges that they're facing, the mental health aspect, exactly. family situations, um, the housing um, there's so many things that play a big factor into behavior and why they make some of the choices that they make. So is I just I, I agree 100 percent. Let's address what they what they need instead of incarcerating because, exactly. you know, they're going to get out one day and we're still going to have to deal with yes. some of the issues that got them there in the first place. So let's deal with it on the front end. All right, let's look under the iceberg. Let's, let's look <laughs> under the hood and see what's really yes. going on. Um so if you could meet the president of the United States on justice reform, what would that one thing be? What would you address? I would ask a question, which is, you know, on the campaign trail, you made all these promises that, and it takes a collective unit to make things happen. But why, once you're elected, it goes to the back burner. And even all our different agencies that's out there having conversations, trying to push different kind of legislature, it always something else comes up. But then they forget you're already an adult. Didn't you remember when you were a child? Didn't you remember the things that you needed? And with the changes and now technology moving so fast and everything, I know we can make some more changes. But it does take people on the on the fo- boots on the streets running. And that's why YAP is so efficient because we do things that other, not to say any other um, agency isn't efficient or anything, but what we do is really special. And then the model that we use, so these children will know. So I would tell them, you know, if you're going to make a promise, keep it, because all we have is our word is men. And that's all we have. And if we can't get together and really understand that the youth is our future and under the circumstances of oppression and holding them down in certain situations that they can't rise up. What are we doing as a nation? Yeah. Yeah. If there was one piece of legislation that you would pass, is there one kind of near dear to your heart that you would, that you would push forward? Yeah. To ensure that if a young adult is incarcerated, that they are not mixed with adults because the mind frame is not there. We're just giving more trauma putting up more barriers, and then when they get out, if they don't get the right kind of counseling, if they don't have the right kind of support, they're going to just resist. That's why the recidivism rate is where it is. I can honestly say I love the recidivism rate that, yep, is dropping down because what we do, it does make a difference. Yes. That's amazing. And I and I do agree with you. Um, youth and adult, their minds, their maturity levels, everything is so different. Um, we talk about reform. You know, if you're going in at 16 versus someone that's you know 30 or or older, and it doesn't have, mean the age. But if you're a child mixing with adult, it's just so different. Um, their their maturity level and how they think and and the growth is just so different. So I agree 100 percent with you. Um, what do you want the audience to know about uh, justice involved youth? That they're, they're, they're the most resilient human beings on earth. You know, you can see the difference when they start feeling like they have a say, that somebody cares. Oh, their confidence level comes up. Their back straightens up. You know, because when you're incarcerated, it's a different thing. You, you shine because your system is clean. 
You got a hot meal three times a day. You have somewhere to live. You have friends around you that truly make a difference. And when you, that happens, it's a cleansing. So now that's why the reentry program is so important because they come down clean and we try to keep them and keep them uplifted and say, no matter what, because if you're, you're a child, things happen. You're going to make some more mistakes, but I just want you to know one thing. We're going to be here for the mistakes and keep moving forward until you're an adult. We take, what, 16 to 24, but we're going to love you forever. That's yes. amazing. I know. Love, love them forever. Yes. Um, if there was one word that you can describe your youth as, and I know they're resilient, mm-hmm. um, what is that one word you would use? I would say special. Those children are special because they've been through so much and nobody thinks they're going to win. It's usually uh, these are the ones we throw away. But when they find somebody, because at Yap, we don't reject and we don't eject. Not at all. We're going to take you for every step. And when you come back, we're going to greet you with open arms and say, oh, I must have missed something the first time. Let me reevaluate and make sure we don't happen again. Yes. That's good. They're special. special. Um, And I think all youth are special. And I just think as a nation, um, we really have to do a better job at addressing their needs, especially some of our systems impacted youth. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a lot of needs that need to be met. And somewhere along the way, something happened and they got off track and it could have stemmed from family. It could have stemmed from um, some kind of institutional situation. But whatever the case may be, you know, we just have to do a better job at wrapping our arms around our youth. Um, they are our future, yes. um, and we we really need to do a better job at that. Um, I'm grateful for programs like YAP. Um, you know, have a passion to serve youth. Um, we have other youth programs in the city. You know, I look forward to all the great things that we're going to do moving forward. Um, but I just appreciate you guys because you do you are grassroots. Mm-hmm. You know, if the youth need to be picked up, you're going to go pick them up. <laughs> um, whatever they need, you really try to meet them where they are. Yes. Um, and I just truly appreciate you guys for yes. that. I say one thing. We Absolutely. need to change our terminology, too. Absolutely. There's one word that the, the youth are really adapting to because we say it's a generational curse mm-hmm. because we can't get out of poverty and move forward. No, it's a generational choice because if you get mentors and people that believe in you and know you can exceed, there is no curse. It's just a choice. And now it's up to us to change that choice and give you the support that you need to make better choices. And that's redirecting because you can't change your behavior. You can just redirect it into something more positive. Yeah, I love that. So gener- what, what did you say? Choice. Yeah, generational choice. It's a choice. That's Let's why make some it- people make it out and some people don't because it's a choice. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. I, I do agree that life is probably a 99.0% choice. Mm-hmm. You do have those freak things that happen, but um, most of it is based on the decisions that we make. So I do believe that. So I love that. Um, This is going to wrap up our WC podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're going to continue this conversation about justice involved youth and how we continue to serve our systems impacted youth. So you kind of kicked us off um, and we look forward to having more conversations.